welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. I'm your host, Nolan Bicknell. My co-host, Robert Zirk, is on vacation this week. Today on River City 360, we're continuing our summer coverage of Nourishing Potential, the Winnipeg Foundation initiative that's helping kids make healthy food choices. Up first, we'll be joined in studio by members of Can You, an after-school program here in Winnipeg that inspires hope and confidence in our youth. Then we'll talk to Rebecca Deng of the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Bohr, and she'll share her incredible story about the lost girls of Sudan and how she's helping inspire the surviving women there. All this, some classic tunes, and much more on today's episode of River City 360. Thank you for listening to River City 360. We are now joined in studio by three wonderful guests, all of which are representing Can You, a wonderful organization here in Winnipeg. Uh, first, we have Roger Barrington, a volunteer or the volunteer executive director of Can You. Welcome, Roger. Well, thanks for having me. We have Robin Sneath, the uh, board member of Can You. Robin. Hi. And last but not least, we have Jay Crowley. He is a friend of Can You and supporter. Hi there. So I got uh, first question, guys. Thank you for coming in. Uh, I just want to know what is Can You, and uh, just sort of tell us what you guys do in in the Winnipeg community. Well, I'll uh, Nolan. I'll speak to that. Can You is a Winnipeg-based uh, out-of-school program that we started. Uh, Jay and Robin and I were part of that founding group uh, several years ago with kids uh, who uh, could benefit from additional opportunities and resources, and so. Over the years, it grew from 15 kids from three schools to now this year almost 450 children uh, from 31 schools, uh, and they are mentored and instructed and coordinated by almost 500 post-secondary students. So they meet up with a with a college or university student and just kind of learn about their field of expertise, basically. Yeah. So there's a number of different components. There's over 40 different program components that are available to children, but they would be bused uh, one day a week from their school to uh, to the university campus where they would uh, participate in a number of activities uh, ranging from sport and uh, fitness activities to nutrition, education, and cooking uh, programs to a wide variety of uh, educational components and with, you know, with a particular focus on literacy development. But Underneath it all is the mentoring idea where they do have mentors who work with at a very high ratio, uh, three or four mentors for every group of 10 kids, and that's uh, a big part of what Can You is all about. Having that one-on-one time with the kids is probably extremely valuable as opposed to just 30 kids in a classroom with one mentor. Doesn't Consistently, really work well. the feedback from the children is that the mentors uh, are role models to them, heroes to them, helpful in every way and they certainly have an interest in what that university student is studying and uh, they ask all kinds of questions and of course they get uh, become very familiar with the university campus itself one of the you know the most significant barrier I think to post-secondary education is a is a lack of familiarity so that's one of the things that we're addressing uh, is having the kids come to the campus and experience a sense of belonging this is their place too and uh, this happens so quickly. It's so wonderful to see the kids uh, realize that this is this is their play. They have the run of the place. It's, it's their turf, you know, and, they, and, it, and it's really fun to see that happen in a child. They can probably see themselves going to post-secondary when they got to see other people doing it. Yeah. 
Uh, so Robin, if you could tell me a little bit about the big ideas that Can You represents and really tries to focus on with, with today's youth. Sure. I mean, I think Roger sort of touched on that, especially at the end. I mean, the goal of Can You is to inspire these kids to one day attend post-secondary school. So, I mean, research shows I'm halfway through a PhD in education mm-hmm. myself, so obviously I am passionate about this, but that education is the best tool that we have to eradicate poverty. And so this is our goal is to help level the playing field starting early, starting with grade five, partnering with these kids, pairing them up with mentors to get them all the way through to university. So by getting them there on a weekly basis, by the time that they're they're ready for it, they're actually really ready for it. That's great. And it's great that you guys have such a wide, you cast such a wide net because kids have multitudes of, of different interests and, and how they want to kind of, you know, grow as, as young mm-hmm. adults. Um, so Jay, I wanted to ask you, uh, what does Can You mean to you and why, why, why do you support it? Well, Can You is a field where we can start to make a difference. And the younger we start with people, the better opportunity we have to have them develop into ambassadors for a better way. And it just, my thrill in life is having people improve. And this is a great place to start because they are most impressionable earlier. As they get older, little tougher sell. Absolutely. So this is why I'm in and I'm very excited about it. We're speaking with Roger Barrington, Robin Sneath, and Jay Crowley, all of which are representing Can You. After the break, we'll talk about the importance of childhood nutrition, and I'll ask them how Nourishing Potential supports their efforts. Night and 
Thank you for listening to River City 360. We are speaking with Jay Crowley, Robin Sneath, and Roger Barrington of Can You. So, Roger, you mentioned uh, nutrition education a little bit earlier. Uh, we've been covering nu- nourishing potential all summer long here on River City 360. So I wonder if you could just speak to that and speak to the importance of uh, instilling the ability to make healthy food choices in kids uh, from, a, from a young age. Oh, yeah. It's such a fundamental uh, and foundational thing in life, health. And uh, so early on, and actually in the first year, one of the three founding components of CanU was a nutrition education program. And it is uh, a, a tremendous program. We have access to the Barbara Burns Food Lab at the University of Manitoba, which is a million-dollar research facility that the uh, Faculty of Human Ecology and the Department of Human Nutritional Sciences has gracious, graciously given us access to. And, and these programs, we should mention that all of the CANU programs are designed and led by university students. So this is a tremendous leadership and a career-related leadership development and community service opportunity. But early in those days, we, we learned uh, or we brought the idea that we wanted to help kids make better food choices. Uh, kid-friendly versions, healthier versions of kid-friendly food. And so we uh, incorporated a whole bunch of things into that, uh, practical life skills, uh, hygiene, kitchen safety, equipment safety, cooking lessons. But and we and the kids arrive, it's one of their favorite things. They put on a lab coat, they are they have instructors who are nutrition students who help them uh, learn about what they're making that day they cook a meal and they eat it together with their mentors and instructors it's a it's a magical place the nutrition lab uh, on any given day we we run run it to the max and it's a it's a tremendous thing but again a life skill lifelong skill of learning how to eat healthier and uh, ultimately everybody wins that way that's what we've been hearing from every single person that came in it sets a foundation and from which you can build greatness on essentially Jay, could you speak to um, seeing some of these kids in the in the labs and watching them as they grow underneath these mentors and and sort of learning the basics of food preparation and and yeah. food science and food healthy nu- healthy nutritious choices? Yeah, Richard uh, Roger invited me to one of the sessions and I got dressed up <laughs> in the in the garments and I full chef gear absolutely very nice including the hairnet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was able to watch the children prepare the food and, and how proud they were to be able to demonstrate to older people, but to their mentors, of the proper way to cut, the proper way to wash up afterwards. And the smile, the energy in that room was, was unbelievable, and, and it's contagious. And that's what's so exciting because, as, as Roger mentioned, the, the students from the university are the ones leading this. And they're excited, the kids get it, and they're learning how to make a healthier meal that they can go home, and it's real simple. And they can show their parents, show their, their, their brothers and sisters, and so they get a real sense of pride out of this. And, and we take this for granted. And my goodness, it's, it's something that we shouldn't. Right, and it, it gives them a real sense of ownership, too. Absolutely. Over, over. And, ac- and accomplishment. I mean, it, it really, truly is. And we've had many examples of children asking for recipes and taking them home and trying them out with their families and come come back the next week beaming with pride at how how they were able to replicate that meal that they learned in the nutrition program at home. In fact, Jay was a part of a really special uh, uh, experience this past year, Canadian Tire 
we had learned, we'd done some research and found out the literature shows that uh, crockpots are a tremendous tool for, uh, you know, people who have busy schedules and, 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 and starting something in the morning and coming home at the end of a long day and having a, a nutritious meal available for them. So Canadian Tire, uh, we started a nutrition academy actually with 20 children who uh, focused on this, uh, on a nutrition education over a, an extended period of time. And in that program, they w- learned how to use crockpots. And then at the end of the program, it was so great, we, we were able to give each family represented in that academy a crockpot to take home with them. And so it was a, an incredible gift to those families. And of course, we, we feel like that, uh, that, that little simple gesture and that little simple tool uh, would make a, a great difference. Absolutely. Maybe I can just add to that. I was um, talking to one of the mentors who was part of that experience of being able to present the kids with these slow cookers. And she said that for her, it was actually the highlight of the whole year and just seeing how well received they were. And I think overall, actually, I mean, from all of our anecdotal kind of interviews with kids that um, even though we have 40 different program components, the nutrition program is most frequently cited as their favorite thing. It's fun, right? There's right. so much energy around it. The kids are bonding with each other. They're bonding with their mentors. And, you know, just as importantly, we're creating these healthy memories and healthy attitudes towards food. That, again, goes back to this idea of setting a good foundation towards food that will hopefully carry out with them throughout their lives. Absolutely. So where can our listeners go to learn more about Can You and perhaps even get involved and help? with this great organization. Yeah, we, we welcome, uh, if you're, if currently we're our, most of our programming takes place at the University of Manitoba. And so if you're a University of Manitoba student and you'd like to participate in your area of study, you can uh, uh, find out if a program component exists in your faculty and you can apply to become an instructor there. You can apply online at canyoucanada.org to become a, uh, a mentor, which is, you know, a very, very important, significant position with CanU, and we take great pride in the in the quality of of university students that apply and become mentors for us. That those those uh, those students uh, go way above and beyond the call of duty. You can so you can you can uh, visit our website CanUCanada.org, all one word C A N U Canada.org, or you can like us on Facebook. Uh, find us and like us on Facebook. Those are those would be good places to start. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Roger, Robin, and Jay, for sitting down with us today. Thanks, Thanks Nolan. for having us. Thank you. Thanks again to Roger, Robin, and Jay for taking the time to talk to us all about CanU. As Roger mentioned, you can find more information about CanU at www.canucanada.org. So that's can, the letter U, Canada.org. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Now, I recently sat down with Rebecca Deng, a African refugee that's been living in Winnipeg for over 10 years now. Um, she told me about a brand new project called the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Bor. Bor is a city in South Sudan and is it's one of the, the cities that's most devastated by the civil war there. And Re- Rebecca's story is an incredible one. Um, she has lived in Ethiopia as a child and was uh, was taken away from her family um, at a very young age and was a refugee for, for 23 years. Um, she eventually made it to Winnipeg, which is actually her fourth home, she said, uh, after Ethiopia, Kenya, and Uganda. 
She reflected on the incredibly difficult situation in Bor and sort of what inspired her to start the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Bor. There were so many killing in Bor Town and in all region of that area. So for all of us women, uh, we were crying, weeping, uh, no, you know, nowhere to say at that time because the way the situation went back home and we all connected to each other. And so from there, we sat down at the church after, after, after that and say that, what can we do? We don't sleep at night, sleep at nightmare through what's going on to our sisters and children back home. And uh, many of us, like me, I was in that situation as a child to, until to grow up. The city of Bor, as I said, is one that is absolutely devastated by the civil war with crises as recently as 2013, where, where Rebecca told us about a terrible massacre that happened there. Bor is a place, where, a city that the war was started. Mm-hmm. And again, um, a second uh, crash uh, again in Bor. And uh, third now, uh, which was happened in 2013 when... When 32 women, uh, last year, in 2032 women was been, 33 actually, was being massacred at the church. And those women are related to, to us here, which these women were at the church, uh, including my auntie uh, coming after my dad was being massacred at the church. When I went there, I visited the grave of those women because they've been buried in one grave. I visit them, and the respect we are paying to them is to honor them in uh, this community so the women will feel like even though we are here, you know, we still care and we still feel the same situation that they are in. Rebecca was taken from her parents as a child and still, you can tell, feels the emotional toll to this day, which is why she wants to help the women and children who continue to live in these conditions. These women back home... They are living in a disease that cannot be treated away because of the situation they are in. And when I came here, when you are in the dark, you don't even know that uh, what you are in is a, is, 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 is a problem. Right. I came and realized when I came to Winnipeg here that uh, there is a, a world that everybody is free Mm-hmm. And you are living as a human being, right. but if you are in in a you know in a situation, you cannot feel it because you get used to it. You adapt it to 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 that environment. So the goal of a woman resource center is you know to teach the woman how to uh, to speak up and also how you can do something in your own hand and also. To encourage them. Rebecca spoke with us along with one of her project's allies, Dita Cloutier. They both spoke to us for over 20 minutes, and I was absolutely astonished and inspired by the hardships Rebecca had, has endured and the positive impact she's now making. After the break, we will hear from Dita, one of the allies of the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Bohr, and she'll tell us the specifics about the project and how our listeners can get involved. So please stay tuned. Thanks. Ask me how I knew my true love was true. Ah, 
something here inside cannot be denied. Said someday you'll find all who love are blind. Oh, when hearts on fire, you must realize smoke gets in your eyes. Thank you for listening to River City 360. I'm Nolan Bicknell. Before the break, we've learned all about Rebecca Deng. She is a South Sudanese refugee who's truly making a difference for surviving women in her hometown of Boer, South Sudan. Dita Cloutier is an ally and supporter of Rebecca's project, the Winnipeg Women's Resource Centre in Boer. She told us about how the project has blossomed in the past couple of years. As Rebecca mentioned, the uh, massacre took place in December 2013 in Bor, and at that time she and a group of women, lost girls of Sudan, living here in Winnipeg, got together to raise funds. Since that time, the group has expanded to include many allies, as those of us who are helping are calling ourselves. And even before a formal fundraiser, our first formal fundraiser was held, we had donations of $2,500 from people as, um, in Winnipeg and an individual in Vancouver. The first fundraiser was held in July, and at this point we have close to $5,000. Wow, great. Towards our, ni- our 2015 goal of $16,000. Cool. So Rebecca will be going back to Bohr in December, hopefully to employ people to begin the programming, to empower the women who have survived. And to that end, we need to have $16,000 in hand for purchasing of sewing machines for their programs and so on. One thing I would like to mention, which should bring some comfort to the listeners, is the, the funds are being administered by the Anglican Church in Canada through its Primates World Relief Development Fund only because the church is the only institution left in Boer. Government has disappeared. Um, All manner of business and any formal institutions that we have have just either literally been destroyed by the rebels or have collapsed under the weight of this horrific war. 
So the church is there, and it's one way for us in Winnipeg to ensure that the money is used for what we intend and that the money will indeed be transferred directly from St. Matthew's Church here in Winnipeg through the Primates World Relief Fund to Bohr. Now, Rebecca is planning on going back to Bohr to help these help the women that are surviving there, and I asked her if that was a safe thing to do, if it was safe to do so. Uh, it's, yeah, as I say before, it's not safe. People die every day, uh, but when I went there, I, I was... Has my friend don't don't even try to go, but I say it's my country, uh, and when I came here, it's not about me. It's God plan, so I will still go there because uh, I I am like the same people who are there. Right. So um, I say God protected me, but it's not safe. So when I go <laughs> there, I took the the plane to Bor Town. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was afraid because I become uh, in I, I'm in different culture. It's mm-hmm. not where you hear the the gunshot or yeah, it's not hundred percent safe. People living in fear all the time. Well, be careful. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And thank you very much for for everything that you're doing so far. And yeah. I wish you continued success in the future. Thank you a lot, and thank you for having us. Truly, this is an incredible story and an incredible cause, and Rebecca is one of the founders on the project. She asked me to mention her colleagues and co-founders of the project, Mary Chuol, Martha Dow, and Mary Naiwam. If you'd like to support Rebecca and her plan for the Winnipeg Women's Resource Centre in Boer, you can phone this number, uh, phone 204 218 8830. Or if you'd like to send an email, you can send it to rdeng at shaw.ca. So that's r-d-e-n-g at shaw.ca. In addition to that contact information, Rebecca and the Lost Girls of Sudan will be holding a sharing circle as part of Peace Days. Uh, This is going to be happening at St. Mary's Church on September 17th. So that's uh, the St. Mary's Church at 3 St. Vitell Road, Thursday, September 17th and doors will be open at 6.30. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a big, big thank you to all of our guests today. Roger Barrington, Robin Sneath, and Jay Crowley, all representing Can You? And a special thank you to Rebecca Dang and Dita Coutier, representing the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Bohr. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg or listen to any of our past episodes, please visit rivercity360.org. River City 360, Views and News from Around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. Please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. You can call our listener line at 204-944-9474, extension 290, and leave us a comment about the show. You can request a song that you'd like to hear or suggest a topic for a future show. So that's 204-944-9474, extension 290. I'm Nolan Bicknell for River City 360. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next week and have a great rest of your Sunday afternoon. Bye-bye.